Holy Spirit come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, my well beloved spouse, and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few days ago, the church celebrated a great feast of the mysteries of our faith, of the ascension of our Lord. Forty days after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, where as we say in the Creed, he sits at the right hand of the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And the scriptures tell us that Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives. It is a little mount about two miles east of Jerusalem on my one and only, only pilgrimage to the Holy Land, which was almost 25 years ago, shortly after I was ordained a priest, we were on top of the Mount of Olives, and I remember there's a chapel there, and I recall standing next to the rock from which I remember looking down at the footprint of Jesus from when he ascended into heaven. It's barely visible now, but it's there almost 2,000 years after our Lord left us, and we are in the time now between the Ascension and Pentecost, sending of the Holy Spirit, and we're awaiting uh, liturgically the great feast of Pentecost as the Apostles, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and other holy women were awaiting the sending of the Holy Spirit that interim period between our Lord's ascension and ten days and his ascending of the Spirit. As our Gospel makes clear today, Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, who would guide the Church in all truth. But just back to the ascension, why, why did our Lord leave us? Why did he ascend into heaven? Why didn't he stay to instruct us, to perform miracles, ask that question oftentimes, well, the answer is that in God's plan, the Holy Spirit, who is the mutual gift of the Father and the Son, would come to, to fill us with his gifts and graces only after Jesus returned to heaven, after he ascended. And, you know, I hear people sometimes say, who, who don't believe in Jesus or who have left the faith, well, if, if our Lord were here, maybe I would believe in him. I, I'm always quick to respond, I don't think so. Because uh, our Lord, uh, 2,000 years ago, preached a message only for those who had a heart open to that message. Most of those who heard our Lord rejected him because his teaching wasn't nice, it wasn't meant to make people feel good about themselves. Jesus' message today, as it would be 2,000 years ago, would, would be very politically incorrect, and people hated him for preaching the message. And that's why he tells his disciples in the Gospel today, uh, people will, will put you to death thinking they are doing good. Jesus also said, if they hated me, they will hate you. So, <clears throat> Jesus' message is still countercultural. I would say even more so today. Even the pagans, 2,000 years ago, while they tolerated 
the same-sex attraction, as we might call it. They never condoned the marriage between two people of the same sex. Our culture, our post-Christian culture, is, you would say, much more deformed uh, than, than theirs was. We've been given the message of Christ and have rejected it. And <clears throat> another thing we can say to people who protest that they would believe in Jesus if he were still here around today, well, we have great saints and miracles that have been with us over these past 2,000 years. I'll just mention, give a couple of examples. Over to my left, to your right, we have a little shrine built to Padre Pio, as he's affectionately known. He's Saint Pio now. He had the stigmata for 50 years, the marks of Christ, the wounds on his hands, his feet, his side. This was medically verified. No one could doubt it. He also had the gift of reading souls. If you went to confession to him and you were hiding a mortal sin or you forgot what he would tell you, <clears throat> well, people could have gone to see Padre Pio. News about him when he was alive was out, but you know, people didn't care to do so. Their faith wasn't strong enough for the inquiring minds, you might say. Also, we have miracles, Eucharistic miracles. I'll mention a couple of those. The most famous, I think, uh, San Manciano, Italy, where in the ninth century, a Brazilian monk during the Mass doubted and the bread and the wine actually changed into the flesh and the blood of our Savior. Now, we can't prove it's the flesh and blood of our Savior, but it's been medically tested, and that host turned to flesh is human flesh, the flesh of the heart. And that wine turned to blood is true blood. It's an ongoing miracle. Anyone can go see it in San Giovanni, Italy. I tried to get there twice, both times I was foiled, once because the Italians are always going on strike with their, their uh, transportation, and another time our bus broke down. Someday I'll get there to see the miracle at San Luciano. But um, a more recent miracle is one in, in Buenos Aires, Argentina. In 1996, a host turned to flesh in the parish there. And the auxiliary bishop of Buenos Aires at the time <coughs> A man named Jorge Bogio, who's now Pope Francis, he had a specimen of that host turned to flesh sent away, medically tested, said nothing about its origin, just, just have it tested. You know, I'm not saying anything about you know, where it came from or an explanation of it. And they found that it was also the flesh material of the heart of a man. Well, <clears throat> The blood type of both of these Eucharistic miracles, San Luciano and in Buenos Aires, matches with the blood found on the Shroud of Turin. Another ongoing miracle. Anyone can go to Turin. They have public expositions of the Shroud time to time and, and see the Shroud, read about it. It is a miraculous Shroud. They can't explain how the image appeared on there. Well, if people have faith, they'll believe. But they do not, they will refuse. In the Eucharist, you know, Jesus fulfills the promise he made to his apostles just before he ascended to heaven. I will be with you, always, until the end of the world. And in the Eucharist, Jesus remains with us, always, until he comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead. In the divine office, 
our Lord no longer being with us. He says, our Redeemer's presence has passed into the sacraments after his ascension. Our faith now is nobler and stronger because sight has been replaced by faith, by believing hearts through the gift of the Holy Spirit who was sent on Pentecost. <clears throat> the saints tell us that our Lord ascended into heaven to resume the glory that he enjoyed with his Father for all eternity before he became man. And also he ascended in order to give us hope that one day we would join him in the kingdom. And with the Last Supper, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And Christ's ascension is the fulfillment of this promise. And it's up to us to put faith in the historical fact that he suffered, he died, and that he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, where he now sits at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession on our behalf. That's what St. Paul tells us in his epistle to the Hebrews. And now, ascended in heaven, Jesus awaits us to join him in the kingdom. He wants us to keep our eyes fixed on him in hope. And if we follow his teachings, we have a sure and certain hope that we will attain the reward of our labors here on earth. And on this day, the Sunday after the Ascension, we celebrate Mother's Day. And we can think about how the Blessed Virgin Mary must have had an emptiness in her heart after Jesus left the earth. And that is because love desires to be in the presence of the Beloved. I think that's all the more so with mothers. They want to be in the presence of their children whom they love. I think that's because mothers have carried their children in the womb, and for nine months, their children are never closer to them because they're within their very bodies. How beautiful. But we know that Mary always did God's will, and she found joy in doing God's will. The saints tell us that even at the foot of the cross, and I'm sure at the ascension, while it pained her heart, she also had great joy, knowing that of the cross, our redemption was being won, and with the ascension, the gift of the Holy Spirit would follow, which it did on Pentecost. On this Mother's Day, let us remember to honor our mothers who gave birth to us, who nurtured us, were always present to us when we were growing up. I think that's the most important aspect of a mother, her presence in the home and the family. And we remember that our mothers, more than anyone else, formed our character, made us the persons that we are today. And on this day, we thank them in a special way for their, their love and the care they showed to us. Let us pray for mothers, support them in the important work that they do in the home and the family. In the scale of values, nothing can compare with the glorious work of forming and educating children, because it's a form a formation and education in love. And truly, a mother makes a house a home, a place of warmth, a place of love. A mother's love is irreplaceable. And that work that she does in the home, in the family with her children, is the most important work on earth. 
Let us also remember all of the mothers who have passed from this life to eternity. Pray for them if they still need our prayers. And if they're in heaven, ask for their prayers to assist us. <clears throat> I'll end with my favorite quote about mothers. I've read it before, but it's worth reading again. It's by Joseph Carver Mazzetti, the, the great former primate of Hungary who suffered so terribly under communism. He says this, the most important person on earth is a mother. She cannot claim the honor of having built the Notre Dame Cathedral. She need not. She has built something more magnificent than any cathedral, a dwelling for an immortal soul, the tiny perfection of her baby's body. The angels have not been blessed with such a grace. They cannot share in God's creative miracle to bring new saints to heaven. Only a human mother can. Mothers are closer to God, the Creator, than any other human creature. God joins forces with mothers in performing this act of creation. What on God's good earth is more glorious than this, to be a mother? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.